0: Sunset by the River by Samir Saxena Epilogue The day of departure had come and they had boarded the flight. Ayan and Hitesh had coordinated to make the necessary accommodation for Ptipti and Mrs. Mehta. Their stay was like a family get-together and Hitesh felt like he was home already. His monotonous routine had broken and at last he was having a drink with his friend at their favourite bar that evening after office. It was a Friday so they decided to explore the city that weekend. ''You have fought a war, bro,'' Hitesh said as he made their drinks. ''You have gone through shit that no one should.'' Ayan was lost deep into his thought, going over everything that had happened the previous month. It all seemed like such a wild dream now, the way every new event unfolded in the most unexpected ways. He took his glass and then clinked in together as a gesture of celebrating the end of it. ''You may think that I did most of the fighting, but,'' ''He took a sip from his glass.'' and his eyes became moist but no one can even imagine the amount of strength and courage she has shown She's still at war with her illness he gulped down in one go both the wine and the grief oh trust me I know Hitesh held his shoulder dad told me what her condition was when you rescued her she must be a brave soul she is Ayan smiled and a beautiful one too Hitesh winked. ''You have no idea.'' Ayan chuckled. ''By the way,'' he added. ''I'm going to propose to her again.'' ''Really?'' Hitesh stood up in excitement. ''You're not messing with me, right? Cause I have an idea.'' Mm, ''I'm sure it must be a better than mine. I almost screwed it up with that robotic stunt last time.'' They both burst into their laughter as the rest of the crowd in the bar looked at them, shooting them inquisitive looks. No, actually, that was quite innovative in my opinion," Hitesh said, pouring his final peg of the drink. After they were done and before they returned to their apartment, Hitesh suggested him about his plan for the weekend. The next morning, they all went out to explore and from the little smile on Tripti's face, it was evident how much she has enjoying this new experience. She was experiencing a lot of positive changes in mood and with every passing day, her behavior was returning to her usual self. She was not opening up to everyone yet, but nevertheless, her overall demeanor was improving slowly. And Ayan felt that one day he would once again start seeing the tripti he had first met. Nearly a year ago, and at least till that moment, he would stay with her. They went to the city's National Museum of Art with a collection from some of the most remarkable artists, including Picasso and Cezanne, and the Japanese artists, Kuniyoshi and Forjita, along with many important relics and statues, were on display. He thought the best way to spark a sense of remedy for Tripti was letting her into a creative place. After the art museum, Hitesh took them to a nearby science museum. The museum consisted of numerous hand-on and interactive exhibits based on a number of science-related themes covering everything from astronomy to energy sources, including Japan's first planetarium. The mixture of art and science reminded Ayan of what Souza had said to him. Spirituality involves the belief in a divine energy which empowers your soul, whereas believing it and blindly for miracles and expecting things to just happen, to fall into places magically, that is superstition. Those words often reverberated in his head since that day, even today when he visited the art and museum together. He had understood it, if spirituality is an art, then the science complements it. But if we start expecting art to make discoveries and invention that actually science had taught us, then we are becoming superstitious. After the museums, they went for lunch at a Riverside restaurant. Despite their presumption that outside food won't work for her, Tripti enjoyed the Japanese food as much as she was enjoying the sightseeing. This food has definitely broken all the things I had presumed about outside food, she said churning another bite of tempura. Having done all the sightseeing they could and being done with the touring of a nearby zoo, they went to a much quieter place, the Minami Tema Public Park. The park was located outside the city, away from the chaos and one of the most peaceful locations of Osaka. Mrs. Mehta went to explore the banks of the river that were lined with cherry trees and were flickering with pink wife all over. Hitesh followed her, acting like the local guide like he had been doing since that morning. He was enjoying this family get-together in the truest sense and his homesickness had vanished since the day they had arrived. Look at the sunset, Ian pointed to the western side along the river. The sun had almost descended and was only partially visible by then. It looked like it was trying to hide in the waters. They were sitting near the bank of Yodo River that flowed a few meters away along the park. The view that we witnessing right there was almost red in the city as it was mostly covered by the skyscrapers. It's so lovely, Tripti said, her eyes sparkling with wonder. Lost in the view, her arm went around her and locked itself in Ayans', and her head rested on his shoulder. Thank you for everything, Ayan. She looked up at him, smiling with a sense of comfort. Ayan could see that face was feeling relaxed after a long time. ''Do you know which date is it today?'' he asked. Her right eye closed and her left eyeball rolled in a few directions as she tried to recollect. ''It's Saturday today,'' she said. ''14th November?'' ''Or September?'' ''Yeah, it's 14th September.'' ''I'm not that bad with my memory yet.'' ''Really?'' Ayan said in a tone that hinted she was missing something. ''Yes, why?'' What's special about today? An odd pause followed as silence and Ayan did not respond, just sat there watching the beautiful sunset. Come on, tell me. She poked him in his ribs with her elbow. Ayan stayed unfazed, stifling a small laugh. He then asked a short moment later Remember the day we first met? Of course, that evening in Cannot Place. No, before that, said Ayan. Cannot Place was when we met after tripti pulled away from him and looked away into the distance for a while recollecting as hard as possible it was hard for her to recollect all that happened in the span of an year the depressants and medicines prescribed to her had diluted her one sharp memory but she knew what was important for her and still could recollect everything that had kept her together her lips curved into a blush that reached right up to her eyes and then met with Ayans, who could tell she is remembered. Monisha's farewell, our college fest. You did a presentation. And the date then was? Ayan teased. Tripti's eyes widened and hands cover her mouth instinctively as Ayans hint hit her. A tingling sensation ran through Tripti's body and a feeling of happiness as she finally realized how important and coincidental that day was. Wow, she whispered. Her eyes sparkling in exhilaration. Then they widened even further at the realization that Ayan still remembered the day. It has been one year. I can't believe it. I can't either, said Ayan, smiling at her innocent smiling face. He recollected all the sweet and sour memories of past year as he took a deep breath of relief and turned his gaze towards the sunset. Do you know what this sunset is telling? what she looked towards the sunset again and turned to ayan perplexed what now it's like the river is ready to embrace the fading sun ayan said with his eyes glued to the setting sun like she is ready to absorb the remaining warmth of the burning red giant it is like the river is going to quench the scorching sun under its calm water the sun might not accept the offer ayan continued as Tripti to gaze towards the setting sun But the river knows that the sun needs her in order to reignite the flames needed to shine again in the morning. Wow, Tripti responded in a hushed voice. That's so deep and touching. The river is not only absorbing the heat but also giving the sun a place to rest. She knows that the sun will rise again and at the end of the day, she will be waiting for him just once again. At this very place, at this very moment just like I have and will for as long as it takes for you, Tripti. Tripti returned to him in reflex and she heard the last sentence and that day flashed in her ears. The day of her birthday, when he had proposed to her, the day the sun was at its peak, her mind was full of chaos and she hadn't been able to bear the calmness Ayan had offered. But today she did not run away. She remained rooted to her spot, gazing into Ayan's eyes eyes that were ever so calm and soothing to look into. Just like the flow of the river, she knew in her heart that his eyes were waiting to absorb her fading sun's warmth. Ayan matched her gaze, peering into her. They still screamed of pain she had kept buried within all these years. They also reminded him of the beautiful creators of the shining moon. He cast a quick glance at her lips and wanted to, but hesitated just as sooner, She did not this time. She didn't look away, but came closer. Their eyes shut instinctively as the mere inches worth of distance between them dissipated. And for the first time, since she had acknowledged and accepted her feelings for him, their lips embraced and enveloped each other. And it was one of the deepest and the most passionate of embraces the waters had been witness to. Ayan's heart told him that this was it. This was the moment. As they pulled out from it, but their eyes didn't break contact, His heart was pounding so much louder than the roar of the river and the splashes emanating from the oars of the boats going along. He took a lengthy step back and went down, kneeling on his left knee, again holding her left hand in his right. You're not gonna walk away this time too, are you, Tripti? He teased, eliciting first a loud giggle from her. She came down on her knees, just like she had the afternoon, albeit gently this time, though this time her eyes weren't moist from sorrow but elation. Her lips quivered, just like they had on that cold morning of their long drive, but this time the quiver was from the strong surge of emotion she was experiencing that she had never felt before. She felt this inexplicable comfort in Ayans' presence that the very thought of losing him again was enough to shoot the chills through her body. Her head tilted down towards the ground, just like it had that day. Tripti, Ayan placed his index under her chin, Again, just like that day. The only difference was that they weren't on their feet today. Tripti shook her head, a tear streaming down her cheek, but it was a mischievous grin on her face this time. No, she said. Ayan frowned. Oh, come now. What is it now? You idiot, Ayan Vedya, she said, grinning ear to ear as she looked up, her eyes meeting his. She gestured with the hand to the ring in the finger. Do you think I could walk away with this already in my rightful place? Anne understood what she meant and flashed a sheepish smile. The tear rolled freely down her cheeks as they pulled into the furest, yes, most gentle hug. To her, it was just like how she used to cuddle her blankets during those lonely nights when she struggled with her demons. But now she had finally reached the river that could absorb her dreadful son. Some distance away, Hitesh stood with Mrs. Mehta who had tears in her eyes. She knew that it was the day all of all of them were going to remember for a very long time. Ayan and Hitesh took a few more leaves, which Mr. Nakamura sanctioned with the condition that they had to report at the Gurugram office whenever necessary. Ayan knew that Mr. Nakamura had really gone out of his way to allow another tour for him. It was quite unprecedented for any of the employees working in the cooperation, but the event that led to Ayan's absence were taken into consideration. We are proud of you. Mr. Nakamura had said to him before approving his leave Monisha's wedding was scheduled on the same weekend when they returned India so it was nothing short of a reunion for the trio In fact, their reunion was the one thing Monisha had yearned for the most aside from her big day I still can't believe you really did it, dude Monisha punched Ayan on his shoulder as she stepped out in a bridal dress all set for the garland exchange ceremony of her wedding She couldn't have been happier now that her wedding was turning out to be reality in the presence of her two best friends, especially Tripti. Before returning to Japan, though, Ayan decided he needed to pay his respect to the one who had actually helped him in the blind search for his love. He had to visit the shrine again. He took the whole Mehta trinity there to make the biggest announcement of his life in front of the legend himself. Hitesh's father assured that they would get proper visit this time, avoiding the large queues. It was against Ayans' idols to step over the line of the rule as said, but given the fact that Tripti was still recovering and they did not want to let the physical stress cause a relapse in her, he had to ask Hitesh for the favour again. Of course, Hitesh has also taken for a favour in return that they would be Hitesh's guest the following day. Just as they were seeking the blessings of the old legend, Ayan also sought Mr. Mehta's permission to marry Tripti and that threw him slightly off guard. It hadn't escaped his notice that Tripti was already wearing the ring Ayan had proposed to her with. So this sudden request for permission surprised him. She already had worn your ring. (laughs) Why are you still seeking my approval? He asked, flabbergasted. Because even a simple yes from you means the world. So both of us, sir, and us visiting this place, it wouldn't have been possible if it weren't for you. Ayan stated, Mr. Mehta cast an inquisitive eye at Tripti raising his eyebrow to further drive his wordless query to his daughter. She just nodded shyly and turned to her mother with a huge blushing smile. Well, come here then, son, exclaimed the inspector, letting his arm wide open for a hug. Tripti couldn't help but shed a few tears of elation as she felt the surge of the positively strong emotions return. Seeing the two best men of her life in such a warm embrace, it felt as if her soul had been blessed by the Lord. Mr. Mehta's hug grew tighter as he broke down. He discreetly whispered into Ayan's ears, ''I'm sorry for everything I have said and done, son. You have done as a friend what I hadn't been able to, despite being a father.'' He freed one of his arms and gestured Tripti to come and he hugged both of them together. As they came out to leave after finishing their visit, Ayan met with Bharat, who was, as expected, busy guiding the pilgrims along with the queue outside the shrine. He recognized Ayan within seconds and came rushing towards him, and the two slightly acquainted men shared a warm hug. Ayan filled him in on everything that had happened after that nearly horrifying day. Wow, the Lord be praised, you were right about her then. She did need help, not just the kind the people here come to seek. Bharat said with a genuine admiration for Ayan. Looking at Tripti, who was standing with the mother and father at a local shop to buy some local traditional stuff. Ayan smiled. Indeed, you weren't in the wrong, though, my friend. You were right that I won't regret going inside the shrine. All I needed was to have faith in the master, which I did, and here we are today. Bharat nodded to Ayan with respect and gratitude. They shook hands, and Ayan started walking his way out. Heading towards the side of the road where the Mehta Trinity was waiting for him. As he passed through the guild space once again, he realized something. Just like he had saved Tripti, the master must have somehow also saved those lost souls, the sufferers who were inside the shrine who had come there to be healed. What about those who could never make it here? Also, how about those who may have made it here but could not acknowledge the omens master might have sent them? As he resumed his place in the passenger seat beside Mr. Mehta, he looked sideways at him, wondering how many people might be still out there who hold such superstitious beliefs like the inspector. Those people who unknowingly might have pushed their loved one in the name of such blind superstition that still prevail in the country. Who will bring them on the right path? Something still there on my face, son? Mr. Mehta asked and Ayan realized he had been staring at the inspector for too long. Sorry, I was just thinking of something, Ayan blurted out in haste, turning his face to the road ahead. Well, do tell us now, Ayan. Tripti tried to prompt him. Ayan adjusted the rear view mirror and smiled at her. Some other time, Han. I promise. The inspector made a low hmmm sound and faked a cuff, reminding Ayan he wasn't alone with his daughter. And that caused the mother-daughter duo in the back to exchange a quick look as they chuckled hard and turned their gaze outside their respective window to stop themselves from bursting into laughter. Ayan quickly readjusted the mirror, mouthing a silent apology which granted him as an appreciative but cautionary nod from the inspector. He then turned his gaze outside the window, sighing at growing concern in his mind. Dr. D'Souza's word was still echoing in his ears. I hope things change someday. I hope one day the percentage of people acknowledging mental illness will be more than the patients being healed by these faith healers. The end.